Yeah, so we're going to be picking up on uh, our teaching on the elementary principle or foundational doctrines, elementary doctrines. And so uh, as we taught last week, um, I'm just going to recap just a little bit on what elementary and principle means. Our key scripture for this entire thing is going to be found in Hebrews um, chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. That's Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, and, and it reads this. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms. It's plural. Very interesting that it's plural. The laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. And so last week we just really touched on what is elementary um, and principal doctrines. And then we rolled right into repentance from evil deeds uh, or dead works. And then we touched a little bit on faith in or faith towards God, which is what we're going to pick up on. Uh, tonight, obviously, you can go. We'll have these on YouTube. You can go back and check out that first video with the intro uh, and repentance from dead works in the beginning of faith. And then also, we'll have it on podcast if you prefer to to listen that way. Um, but what is elementary? It's to be first, to be chief. It's the leader, the ruler, the beginning, the corners, the domain. Elementary, the first, the first preaching, the principalities properly from the beginning in a temporal sense. It's the initial starting point. Figuratively, what comes first and therefore is chief and foremost. It has the priority because it is ahead of the rest. It is preeminent. That's what that word elementary means in the Greek. It's archo. Um, and so then principle, which is the word lego in the Greek, means addressing, asked, brings charges, call, called, calling, claimed, command, designated, ordered, to tell, a thing spoken, to be told, originally, listen to this, to lay down to sleep, used later of laying an argument to rest, then it says this, uh, bringing a message to closure, properly to say, to speak, and moving to a conclusion, bringing it to a closure, laying it to rest. I love that. So basically, it's the preeminent thing that lays to rest all other dar uh, arguments, the beginning things of our faith that lay to rest all of our arguments. So it's like, really, we must comprehend and understand these things. And as we talked about last week, the, the Apostle Paul, who I believe wrote Hebrews, but we'll just say the author of Hebrews for the sake of argument, uh, says this. He says that, you know, we can't even begin to grow up into maturity until we become teachers of these things, that by now we should be able to teach these things. And so that's really the heart behind this is that we would be so solid in these preeminent things that lay to rest all other arguments that we will be able to teach them to others, that I, we ourselves as disciples could make disciples in these things. We may not all be fivefold ministers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, that we may not all teach from a platform, have a microphone in our hand, but we should be teaching others these principal things. This is core beliefs of our faith. And so, again, we touched on repentance from evil deeds and faith in God uh, last in the, in the last session. Um, now we're going to really jump deep into faith towards God. Hopefully we can wrap it up in this one, may go into another. Really love to camp out here because I, all the others flow out of it. You know, if you don't have faith towards God, why would you even think of repenting? If you don't believe in Jesus, that he's the Messiah, and that his words are the words of eternal life. Like Peter said, Lord, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. If we don't believe that, I'm not going to repent in the first place. If I don't believe that, then I cannot even begin to believe in eternal judgment. I can't believe in the resurrection of the dead. I won't understand the laying on of hands or baptisms or why I need to be baptized. I must have faith uh, towards God. I define faith as this, and I'll, I'll probably repeat it several times, but I want you to get this. Uh, it's simplified. Faith is this. It's believing that God is who he says he is, will do what he says he'll do, and that his way is the only way. Faith is not simply believing that Jesus is the Messiah. The Bible actually states that demons believe and tremble. 
We must believe that he is who he says he is, that Jesus is Lord, capital L-O-R-D. In other words, Yahweh. In other words, God, the Hebrew God, the God of the Bible, the creator of the heavens and the earth, that he is equally, fully God. The Bible says that the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in bodily form in Christ. We must believe that without a shadow of the doubt. Then we, uh, we also must believe that because he died and shed his blood, that, that we, because of that sacrifice, we can have the forgiveness of sins, that he died and resurrected, and because of that became the firstborn among many. And now we can be born again and resurrected in a new life. We can die to sin and enter eternal life through faith in Christ. We must believe that he ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father and that he is coming back to judge the nations, that he's coming back to literally wipe away the earth and create an, in the, and the heavens and create a new heaven in a new earth, which we'll go in depth on when we get into eternal judgment. Um, there's a lot of confusion, unfortunately, in the body of Christ of, of end-time events and, and in really the destination. We won't get so much into pre-trib, post-trib, and all that, but what we will get into is where we will spend eternity, those of us who have been born again, and where the wicked will spend eternity, and we'll rightly define that uh, and understand it. And then we also must believe that God's way is the only way. That's part of faith. And so we're going to look at that now. Um, This word faith in the Greek, so we have faith towards God out of Hebrews chapter 6 in verse 1. Faith is the word pistis in the Greek, pistis. It means faith, belief, trust, confidence, fidelity, and faithfulness. It is from the word pithio, to be persuaded, uh, or to, to persuade, to be persuaded, sorry. Properly, it's persuasion. Come to trust. It's This faith is always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people. In short, this faith for the believer is God's divine persuasion. This faith is a divine persuasion by God, not in human effort. Therefore, it is distinct from human belief and confidence, yet it involves it. So it's different than you just deciding and making a conscious decision. We've touched on this before. If, if, you know, this is your home church, we've touched on this quite a bit where, you know, there's a difference uh, when we come to salvation and we believe we did not make a mental conscious decision. That's really not uh, how we got saved. How we got saved was through the preaching of the word or an encounter with the word himself, Jesus. It was given to us by the Holy Spirit a measure of faith, which we'll see in just a moment. And that faith allowed us to believe the message that we're hearing. And then we agreed with that faith. And by the work of the Spirit in it all, we then become saved. We become born again, not in human effort. I didn't go out. You didn't go out and search out God and come to some conclusion on your own. No, the Bible says none can come to the Father unless they're drawn by the Holy Spirit. This is a divine persuasion, not an intellectual decision. It says this, the Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believer so they can know what he prefers. Think about that. So it doesn't just end at salvation. It's a continual working of faith. The Bible talks about the implanted seed, the word of faith, that is able to save our souls. It's a continual work, the soul being the mind, will, and emotion, the seat of emotions. So yes, when you become born again, your spirit is made new. You are born again. Your spirit is made perfect. That sin nature is no longer there. You were one way, and now you became new. It's like if you took a dog or cat and made it a dog. It's no longer a cat, it's a dog. It might do some things that looks like a cat every now and then, but its identity is a dog. It's been completely made new. So it is with you when you become born again. Look, all the old things have passed away. All things have become new. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in us at salvation. In that faith, as we grow in our faith, what are we growing in? We're, we're growing in knowing what God prefers. The Bible says this, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is. How does that happen? It works by 
faith that I align with, again, believing Jesus is who he says he is, will do what he says he'll do, and his way is the right way. So when I'm doing something in my life, and it, and it conflicts with something that God says is how I should be doing it, I have faith and trust that God is right over myself, and I align myself by faith, believing God will give me the grace to walk it out. Does that make sense? This isn't, again, this isn't an intellectual decision. This isn't on you. That's good news. That's really good news. Your salvation isn't on you, and your sanctification is not on you. You simply yield and believe according to the measure of faith that's been given you. That is really, really good news. Let you weigh off the hook. It's on him, not by might, not by power. Human effort availeth nothing, Jesus said. The spirit brings life. The letter alone kills but the Spirit brings life. We are in a covenant not of letter, but of Spirit. That's really good news. We ought to be excited about that. Amen. It says this, Pistis in a secular antiquity referred to as a guarantee or a warranty. In Scripture, faith is God's warranty, certifying, certifying, sorry, certifying that the revelation he imbirthed will come to pass. It certifies that what he reveals to us to be true will certainly come to pass. That is how faith works in you. Man, isn't that good? It's also collectively of all the times God has revealed, given the persuasion of his will, which includes the full revelation of scripture. You'll find that in Jude 3. Indeed, God the Lord guarantees that all of this revelation will come to pass he guarantees it faith to persuade or be persuaded which supplies the core meaning of faith divine persuasion it is god's warranty that guarantees the fulfillment of the revelation he births within the receptive believer just another way of saying the same thing that god guarantees what he shows to you to be true he'll guarantee it'll happen and that's that faith that relied assurance in Faith is only exclusively given to the redeemed. I think sometimes we get up call, get caught up on sinners wondering why they don't have faith. If faith is not merely believing that Jesus is Messiah, I've met sinners that have that kind of faith. They believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the same level of faith a demon has. I've met them. They are not born again. How do I know that? The fruit of their life. I'm not judging. It's just, it is what it is. A cat acts like a cat and a dog like a dog. A righteous person does righteous things. The Bible says those who are born of God cannot make a practice of sinning. It means they don't like it. You may do it, but you ain't going to like it. You cannot make a practice, a continuity. The Spirit of God in you won't let you do it. You'll be miserable. You only feel right when you live right because you are right. It's who you are. He's made you that way. Amen. But this faith to believe that God's way is the only way, an unbeliever can't have it. You only get it if you're redeemed. Sometimes I feel like we walk around thinking sinners ought to have the faith to know the way they ought to live. We look at, I mean, it's going on right now. I don't want to touch it uh, too much, but the, the Taliban, all this, like, they don't know what, why do you think Jesus says this and Stephen repeats it? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do because they don't have the faith to believe it's wrong in the first place. Their conscience is still jacked up. They're still under the power of the principality of this world. The Bible says you, they all are under the demon spirit of this world just as you once were. Meaning that once we get saved, we come out from under that. The, uh, the, like Paul, the scales of our eyes fall off, and we now have eyes to see and ears to hear. They, Jesus said, have ears, but they do not hear. They have eyes, but they do not see. Literally, faith can work right in front of them, and they still won't have it to believe. I've seen it happen. I've watched it happen. It says, this faith is only given to the redeemed. It is not a virtue that can be worked up by human effort. Here's Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Listen to this. For I say through the grace, the divine ability given to me, to everyone who is among you, 
not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Why? Because God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Meaning, don't get puffed up in yourself because you feel like you believe God and others don't. The belief that you have to believe God, you didn't make up in, your, in the first place. He gave it to you. There's no room for pride here. It's only the road of humility. I understand. I didn't come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because I had the greatest upbringing or where I came from or mama told me or this or that. No, the implanted word that was able to save my soul was made alive by the faith the Holy Ghost gave me, his work alone. Man, that's good news. Now, there's another word here. It doesn't just say faith, God. It's faith toward God. That word is epi in the Greek, faith toward God. It's a very interesting word. I'm going to skip a little ahead and listen, listen, uh, uh, and, and read a little bit ahead and then come back. Listen to this. Epi, that word, is only determined by the context and by the grammatical case it's following. What does that mean? That means it only works in its context. So that word epi, what I'm about to read, only works in its proper context. So it's right smack in the middle of faith and God. So the faith, we're about to read epi, only works with God. It only works in the context. Listen to this. This is what this word means, to be upon, on, to, against, on the basis of, at, properly, implying what fits. Given the apt context, building on the verbal idea, it naturally looks to the response, the effect that goes with the envisioned contact. Its apt result, it spins off its effects. Listen, it's used of that upon which anything rests. Epi is used of that which is upon anything that anything it rests upon apart from and independently of others of that upon which any action effect condition it rests as a basis or support properly upon the ground of and of that upon which anything is sustained or upheld i love this part to to sustain life on or by a thing to sustain life on or by a thing. So this faith that we're persuaded of, this divine persuasion toward to sustain life on by, by a thing, God. In other words, life is sustained by believing what God prefers. Life is sustained. Do you hear me? This life in Christ, we live by what? Faith. Whew. I felt the Lord on that. This life is sustained by believing what God prefers. That's what that means, faith towards God. That this life is sustained by believing what God prefers. It means being persuaded that what God prefers is correct. That I am fully persuaded that what God says is good is good, and what God said is bad is bad. And from that place, life is sustained. Man, that's good stuff. Thank you, Jesus. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 1 through 12, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through Hebrews 12, verse 2. How many of you know the author of the Bible, their thoughts do not end in the beginning or ending of a chapter? You need to read through. Little, little side note hermeneutics class, how to read the Bible. You need to read through the thought. My son, uh, 13 years old, he said this when he was 12, one of the most profound things I have ever heard in the area of hermeneutics. And I never even thought about this, and I went through hermeneutics class. And they didn't tell me this. And he said, yeah, all the letters are letters, and letters are meant to read it, be read as one. I was like, huh? He said, yeah. All the letters, they are letters, and all letters are meant to be read as one. Meaning, from the beginning of a letter to the end of a letter, you won't understand the letter till you read the whole thing. 
and everything said in the beginning wraps up in the end and everything in the middle goes off the beginning and like you got to have the full picture so is the bible <laughs> i need the whole bible to understand the whole bible from genesis to revelations right proper context when you read it like that there's never a contradiction not not one single time hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 through 12 and 2 listen to this now faith is the substance of things hoped for it's the evidence of things not seen this is how the bible defines faith it's the substance substance is you know it's tangible it's not just vapor it's a substance of things hoped for it's evidence of things not seen uh, what do we mean by this? What does the Bible mean by that? Well, when I tell you that Jesus Christ came into my life when I sat in a jail cell and asked me if I was done living my life my way, and I yielded to him, and he delivered me from every demon of addiction, he delivered me from anxiety and depression, I looked different phys- visibly. My face was evidence of what I believed about God. The fact that I was no longer under depression, the fact that I no longer needed to put cocaine up my nose, the fact that I no longer needed to go get drunk, I didn't want it, was evidence of the faith he gave me to believe that his way was the only way. It's proof. Does that make sense? It's the evidence, substance, sorry, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You could not physically see the change that took place in my spirit when I believed. You couldn't see my spirit get born again, but you certainly saw its effects. There was evidence of things you could not see. You couldn't see God in that room when that voice came. You could feel his presence. It was a substance of things hoped for. It was evidence of things I couldn't see. There was a tangible, to many of you during worship, how many of you, quick show of hands, how many of you sensed the presence of God in here as worship was going? You sensed a tangible manifest present. That's a substance of things hoped for. That's an evidence of things not seen. People say God's here. You're like, how do you know? Because you can tangibly see it and he'll be speaking to your spirit. Typically, there's a manifestation, tears, joy, laughter, all of them legitimately found in scripture. There'll be an evidence of things not seen. And the faith, we believe this, is the substance of these things hoped for. I can be sitting in the middle of a trial. I can be sitting in the middle of a tribulation. Listen, there's stuff going on right now. Right now, as we speak, Christians are being martyred. They're being drugged out of their home. They're being, they're being beheaded. But listen, many of us would go, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, but listen, if you have faith and you actually believe what God says, you'll realize, yeah, kind of, it's sad, but really it's glorious. Because you really go read that book. And understand that the moment they die, they're under his throne forever and ever. They have won the highest reward in all of eternity. The highest level. There is nothing higher than to be. And some of them right now are being crucified as Christ was crucified. Paul said there's nothing higher than to experience what Christ did. To, to, to be martyred in that way. It's, it's a glorious. It's sad to our human nature. Sad to our carnal mind. But the renewed mind sees it as a reward. Does that make sense? That's the evidence. That's the faith. That's the substance of things hoped for. They're, they can access joy right now in this moment. We can access joy. We, cannot, we can literally resist coming under depression and access joy, even seeing it happen. Why? Because there is some substance of a thing hoped for, that Christ is going to split the sky. He's going to judge the nations, and we're going to dwell with him forever in a new heaven, in a new earth, also called the city of bliss, the new Mount Zion. The new Jerusalem, forever and ever and ever, and look upon his face, and his face shining upon us in glorious splendor. No more tears, no more sorrow. And faith allows me to access that now, and the proof will be right there in the pudding. You'll see it, amen? It says, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Your testimony is obtained by faith. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Listen, 
the implanted word, the word of faith that is able to save your soul is the same word that was spoke forth and formed everything you see was formed by faith. God spoke in creation, believed it, and formed. It was formed by faith. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. What was the difference between the veggies and the lamb? The faith that he believed who God was. He believed in God's way. And how do we see it? Look at the fruit of their character. (laughs) We see it. Through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it, he being dead still speaks. He has a voice though he's dead because of his faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He was taken without death. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. But by faith, God grabbed him and pulled him to himself, never to know death. It's amazing. Same thing happened to Elijah. It's amazing. It says this in verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and, somebody say and, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That means that you, when God tells you he's good, when you read verses like this that says it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, that what father on earth would give their child a stone when they ask for a piece of bread or a, fi- or a snake when they ask for a fish? It says if you know how to good, give good gifts, how much more your, will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit? you you got to not only believe that he saved you, that he washed you, that he cleansed you. You gotta only not only believe that he's gonna come and judge the earth, but you gotta believe that he's good. You gotta believe that he's a rewarder. You gotta believe. When we talked about tithe and offering, you gotta believe it. It's faith. I already know it's coming back. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen God do some of the strangest stuff that didn't, the math made no sense. It made no sense, but he is a rewarder of those that diligently, zealously, the Bible talks about. That's what that word means, zealous. That word diligently, it means to be have zealous faith. Think about Paul. Paul had zealous faith. He just had it in his, in his carnality. He didn't have it right. He wasn't redeemed yet. He didn't have right faith. But God looked at him, and boy, that boy is zealous. And it's very interesting. And we, you know, Paul did a lot of bad stuff. Paul was the Taliban. Paul was ISIS. Seriously, he was. It's the same spirit that was on Paul is on them. Same spirit. It didn't go nowhere. Nothing new under the sun. Same spirit. But God looked at Paul and was like, man, look how zealous he is against me. If I can get him for me. And then what did Paul say? Paul says, I outwork you all. He said, I, I, though I'm the least of the apostles. And it's interesting that he's able to say that in all humility, in faith, knowing that it's not even him, it's the grace working in him. But he goes, I outworked you all. I labored harder than any apostle. Isn't that amazing? God took that. He had zealous faith. But by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became an became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith noah went and, and spent everything he had you, you know it did, it did that ark didn't pop up overnight and listen you got to understand he's like hey rain's coming there had never been rain at this time the very thing which he's speaking forth is coming has never happened 
but yet he believed what he heard. And this pleased God. And God accounted it unto him as righteousness. It's the same way. We believe that the blood of Jesus is enough. We believe it. It's enough. I will never, ever, 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 ever do anything to earn my salvation. It's the free gift of God. What Jesus did was enough. And when I believe that, it's accounted unto me as righteousness. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And when he out, listen, when he went out, (laughs) not knowing where he was going. Many of us, we won't even go to the store without GPS nowadays. I need to know where I'm going. Abraham left everything, his daddy, all of it. You know, I believe honor your father and mother, but listen, honor God. Did God say? What did God say? Will you believe? Even when people say you're out of your mind, what are you doing? How many of you have been in that situation? I've been in that, I'm in that situation right now. I've been in that situation so many times. People that what are you doing? I remember I went to and, and love my mama, and she's a good mom, and I'm not, I don't, I love my mama. But I was gonna go on a mission trip one day. She's like, You got you got kids. I went to El Salvador, went into uh, and and went in with the most violent gang on the planet in their territory and preached the gospel to them. I don't know if I told her that yet. But uh, but at the time, she was like, I don't want you to go. You got kids. Aren't you going to take care of this? I don't know. All I know is God said go, and I have to go. I have to obey. I, I, have, to ha- I have to believe that God wants me to go. And I went, and we were flawless. Nothing touched us. Praise God. Listen to this. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise. The, he dwelt there, and it hadn't even been given yet. Do you understand that? By faith, Abraham lived in the promised land before the Israelites ever went and took the promised land. In a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I love that because even his faith wasn't about something in this realm, in this world. His faith in the promised land wasn't even about the Jerusalem that would be built there, that later his descendant David would sit on the throne, that later Christ would come as a descendant from David and sit on the eternal throne. His faith and hope was in the builder uh, who builds a city with his own hands, that new heaven, that new earth. He was looking forward all the way to the end of Revelations by faith, before the new covenant was ever even given. That's what this is saying. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. Do you know what past the age means? Do you know what that means? She already went through menopause. Impossible. Can't happen. But with faith, the Bible says, all things are possible. Therefore, from one man and him him as good as dead. Abraham was as good as dead, it says. We're born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Did you know Abraham didn't stop with Sarah? We, we see that all the movies as a kid, all you ever hear about is Abraham, and then they had Isaac, the child of promise, through Sarah. But did you know after Sarah died, Abraham married Keturah and I believe had seven more sons? Seven more sons. Do you know that? Yeah. And old, and she was young. Keturah was young. Very, very interesting. That the faith he had for Isaac so touched him supernaturally that he just kept going seven seven more times. It opened up something over his life. Do you understand? That once he got that faith realm, once that faith realm was open for him, it kept going seven times until it was complete. Think about that. Seven's the number of completion. It's very interesting. Go read it. You're like, huh? Some of you are like, wait, I didn't read that. Yeah, go read it. It's wild. Sarah passes. You think the dude would be done. He's already as he was as good as dead when Sarah got pregnant. You want to talk about a miracle? I think the seven are even more miraculous than the first one. You know? So anyway. I love that story. 
These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Mm. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. So is so are we, strangers in this world, in the world, but not of it at all. Mm. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Mm. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said in Isaac, your, your seed shall be called, concluding, listen to this, we're going to come back to this when we talk about the resurrection of the dead. Because Abraham had a revelation. Listen to this. It says, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Abraham, before ever seeing it recorded anywhere before of a resurrection from the dead, had faith to believe that if I slaughter my son, the promise will still come to pass because God has power to resurrect it. Man, there are some of us walking around. I'm beginning to speak by the Spirit right now. I'm going to come off teaching just, just for a moment. I want to speak by the Spirit. And maybe one of you, some of you watching, listen. Some of you think you have aborted the promise of God and you killed the promise of God. It's now time to have faith in resurrection power because even if you kill it, God is able to resurrect it. God is able. If God said it, he's able to bring it back to life and bring it to pass if you'll believe. Sorry, I don't know who that was for, but I'm going to keep going. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come, and they certainly happened. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. You know, the Bible says that when you prophesy, to prophesy according to the measure of your faith. This is what he's saying. He's saying when he laid hand, they spoke forth by faith and they prophesied according to their measure of faith and surely it came to pass. By faith, Moses when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Boy, that'll preach in this day and age. That'll preach. I'm not going to camp out there. Maybe I am. I don't know. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, they hid him from the law. They hid him from the rulers. They hid him from the authority because they had faith. They were not afraid of the king's command to kill their child. They disobeyed the king's command when it violated what they knew to be from God. We need that kind of faith in this day and age. We need to be persuaded of the word of God beyond those who right now are trying to convince us that the government all of a sudden decides what is morally correct or not. No, there's only one judge of this earth, and he decides what is morally correct or not. He is the judge of both heaven and earth, and he decrees what is right and wrong. And let me tell you, if we don't believe that, we don't have faith. I just gave you the definition of faith. The divine persuasion, life sustained by believing what God prefers. Believing that what? It's right, what God prefers. Doesn't matter my political affiliation. Doesn't matter my gender. Doesn't matter my nationality. You know, we come to the matter of race, which I don't have time to sit on right now. But listen, the Bible says that everybody comes from Adam and Eve. 
that by one man and one woman all have descended. Everyone, all equally. Listen, and if that didn't equalize us, the blood of Jesus certainly did. The Bible says it does away. There's neither Jew nor Gentile. He does away with that issue of race. There's only God's people and people that are not God's people. That's what we believe. That destroys every bit of confusion, every bit of ounce of superiority and pride. It gets away with it. It does away with it. When what? When we believe that what God prefers is what's right. When we see that way. When I look around this room and I, I, I know, I believe by faith that you're my brother and sister. I believe by faith. I won't do you dirty. It's real easy to love you when I believe God. When I believe what God says about you and says about me is true, love is then not taxing. It's not easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. What is his yoke and his burden? To love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and to love your neighbor as yourself. And all of that is accessed by one thing and one thing alone. Faith toward God. I must believe that he is who he says he is, will do what he says he'll do, and his way is the only way. Hmm. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused all the riches, all the splendor, all the fame, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Does that mean God never gives treasures? No, it certainly doesn't, because you know what's interesting? Is he looked at it in disdain? He looked at it in reproach? He gets thrown out of Egypt, and then he comes back with God, and guess what he leaves with when he leaves Egypt? All of their treasures. That's how God does it. God makes you die to the thing, and then he gives it back to you through him when it's right. God makes you die to it. He wants to make sure he has your heart and nothing else. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He saw him who is invisible by faith. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Faith has substance. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Listen. Jericho walls did not fall because the Israelites were living perfect, flawless, and holy. The Jericho walls fell because of faith. Because they believed that if we march around this thing like God told us to, and we shout at the end, it will fall. And surely it fell. Listen to this. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. When she had received the spies... With peace. Not only that, but she goes on to be in the bloodline of Christ. She goes on to, she gets spared from the fate of her people and goes on to be in the bloodline of Christ. And what more shall I say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead race to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection it's real hard to threaten me when with death when i've already realized that i'm gonna i'm gonna live forever you're threatening me with something that's already been defeated 
Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these have obtained, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. We have the better faith. We have the better covenant. Listen to this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus endured the cross by faith in the joy that was set before him, knowing that you and I would be able to sit in this room right now, receive this word of faith, and then spend eternity with him forever and ever. He believed it that he would receive that reward. That's how he says he, in, he endured the cross, by faith in the joy that was set before him, believing that the Father would not leave him dead in Sheol, but would raise him up again by the same Spirit that dwells in us, by faith. Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, I've spent many years believing, um, you know, that I needed to grow myself in faith. I didn't start growing in faith until I stopped trying to grow in faith, and I just yielded and believed God would grow me in faith. It's God working in us and through us. Our trials and our tribulations and the things that we go through, God is creating and producing faith in us. It's the same as Abraham being called up to slay Isaac. In that, God produced a faith that led to righteousness, making him the father of our faith. Because he believed that what God prefers would, would be the thing that sustained life. Think about that. He so believed, God, if you prefer that I murder my child right here on this altar, somehow life will be sustained through it. That even if I commit death and take a life, somehow life will be sustained to it. You'll bring him back from the dead. Prophesying even in that of the resurrection of the dead. Man, without faith, man, yeah, it's good stuff, man. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith is believing God is who he says he is, will do what he says he'll do, and that his way is the only way. There's a very good thing in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that says to each one is given a measure of faith. You know, and the, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, in James, it says if we ask God for wisdom, you know, he gives freely if we believe. Well, you know, if you ask for faith, He'll give it. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That means, listen, if you'll believe it, that you're here tonight, that you're watching this right now by divine design, if you'll believe that, if you'll have faith that God, it was God's preferred will that you would be sitting here tonight, if you'd believe that it's God's preferred will that you'd be watching this or listening to this right now, and put your faith in him, you better believe he sent you here to increase faith. He brought you to this message to increase faith. It's his purpose. You don't think God wants you to please him? We just read how he does. We read what's called the hall of faith. All the heroes of our faith that lived a life, even Enoch winning this testimony, 
that he pleased God. God is so good that he's literally holding his hand out to give you the very thing that you need to please him. What a good God. Let's believe that and pray. Father, we thank you for this truth. We thank you for the word of faith that is able to save our souls. We thank you that by your divine grace, we can speak forth and say now and bless now, just as Jacob blessed his children, just as Joseph blessed his children in what came uh, what they said came to pass surely I can speak forth a blessing right now and it will come to pass Lord I bless every person watching listening and in this room right now to receive more faith an increased measure of faith an increased measure of believing that life is sustained by believing what you prefer that we would be persuaded that what you prefer is correct, that we believe that you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, you are the living, resurrected King. We believe that, God. We believe that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. We believe that in you all your promises are yes and amen, that if you said it, you'll do it. We believe, and God, we believe that your way is the right way and that our righteousness comes through faith by your divine power. So I bless everyone watching, listening, and in this room have faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.